Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the 16mm Film Crew Podcast. I'm Cindy. I'm Jermaine, a.k.a. the Kickback Commentator. And I'm Dale. This is episode 52. You can watch us on YouTube. You can like our videos and subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can support us on Anchor for bonus content. You can listen to us on iTunes, Google Music, and Spotify at 16mm Film Crew Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at 16mm Crew Podcast and on Instagram at 16mm Crew. Okay, so this week we're talking about Black is King, the visual album, movie, music, video, I don't know, by Beyonce. (laughs) (laughs) That came out on Disney+. Plus. So let's just generally go over how we felt about the film and then we can get into the specifics as we go on. Disclaimer. <laughs> um, okay. Disclaimer. We love Beyonce and the beehive and everything. <laughs> I'm leaving it at that. Okay, have more to say. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was um it definitely had some good memorable moments. Uh I felt like the beginning was hyper reality and the middle was kind of um, reality, uh, to be honest. If I have to be completely honest, I got kind of like a hotep vibe from this. Um, but I kind of understand where she was going. She's just trying to build up um, people of color, well, mainly black people, and uh, getting us to realize our roots and origin. I feel like that's the direction she was going in. Um, I feel like there was a lot of symbolism, but it was uh, kind of over my head. Like, I looked it up to see what some of the stuff was, and it was still over my head. So, um, I really feel like she kind of went with the artsy-fartsy path. And uh, you'll have to excuse me because I'm not very tactful when it comes to um, that type of um, art. But overall, I felt like there were some good moments and music was, the music was pretty good. To be honest, it wasn't, it wasn't bad. Some of them, I felt like some of the songs that she barely sang in them, but they were hers, right? I guess that's my overall take. You you either take it or leave it. That's how I feel about it. Okay. Um. Yeah. I don't. I I I liked it visually. I liked it. Thought it was stunning. I'm a person who likes you know music videos and albums that tell a story that are a cohesive body of work. You know, like uh, Kanye. You know, somehow sometimes it's a J Cole or you know. Childish Gambino's work, like, or even um, Kendrick Lamar, like how their whole album is a complete self-contained story. I love auditory experience, experiences like that. I love, you know, like, I like Beyonce's vibe now, how she's going with a whole visual thing. It's almost akin to, um, like, how Michael Jackson used to do it, where he's like, look, Ghost is going to be a whole, you know, movie Thriller's going to be a whole movie. Same thing with Prince, where, you know, Purple Rain. I'm doing a home through all my music, you know. I, I like 
I like that, you know, her, those homages that she does to them with that whole theatricality of her, her songs. And it's not like her videos are generic music videos. They're very experimental and they contain a lot of symbolism. Some you get, some you don't. And listening or watching, especially this movie is, uh, I'll say more of a learning experience as well for me as well. Uh, yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Um, Beyonce has been doing the visual albums for a while now, so this wasn't like a, a new thing, I guess, but, um, it was off of her, uh, the gift album that she did for the Lion King movie, which I didn't know. So when I was listening to the songs, I was like, when did she have the time to record this? Like when, (laughs) what did the, where are these songs coming from? And then I realized that, okay. Um, I, I kind of wish it was its own thing because throughout the movie there were clips of the actual Lion King movie, the the recent one that were inserted inside of that as like a transitioning device to get you from one scene to the next. And considering that that movie wasn't good, like <laughs> I could have done without that part in the in the story. But other other than that, I thought it was visually stunning. Um, Beyonce still got it. Like, she's got three kids. She looks good. And she's still killing it. Like, I all respect to her and to all the people that she brought in who were just, like, uh, a part. I don't know. I don't know if they were. They're, they're from Africa, but I'm not really sure where exactly they're from. But she still brought them in. And I, she's been doing that for years now, where even if she takes a part of someone's culture, she'll spotlight them yeah so it's not just her thing um yeah (laughs) i thought it was i thought it was pretty good man that was pretty good so speaking about visuals and culture influences like you guys were saying there were a lot of there was a lot of symbolism in this movie some of it went over people's heads i didn't even get most of what what's going on in there but I was just like she's celebrating Africa so fine <laughs> maybe that's all I need to know like I don't know what did you guys think about all that stuff me I honestly have no problem with it I'm a big fan of now especially in this day and age as you know celebrities or black black celebrities of status I'm a big fan of them currently using their um I should say their platforms to lift up more black issues like we see it everywhere um whether it's nba you know race car drivers beyonce i'm i'm glad that you know just like the generation before like we had like jim brown muhammad ali like our generation of major celebrities and stuff have realized that they represent or they have a chance to speak out to a large portion of the population doesn't get a chance to speak out they get our message across um as far as the video or as the whole thing i loved like the whole like um biblical references she had through it like the whole moses type timeline especially the beginning and the end um I, i what i noticed in bigger um to me it might not be, uh, you know, a pan-African or African symbolism. Probably is. But I noticed the way she kept posing herself in the beginning, how she was standing. It reminded me of the um, 
the painting of the Venus, how one leg bent, and I saw that you know, and Venus is usually uh, Venus is usually like the goddess of motherhood and stuff like that, and then piggybacking that in knowing that it's um about whole Africa type vibe to me connected to uh, Isis, which is serves the same purpose. So I thought that was you know perfect as Beyonce serving as a narrator and representing motherhood and stuff like that. I love the fact that to me the scene with Simba, you know, big man of the city with his friends, it reminded me a lot of not of the Prodigal Son story, in a way. Mm-hmm. In the Lion King, like he like abandons his throne, he goes and you know he wants to go have fun in the world, but there's that thing like every time those those bells chimes, he's realizing he's not fulfilling his purpose, and I I love that those little cues going on and the most outstanding part to me was honestly the not the um like only like the first third of the movie deals with the lion king and growth and stuff like that and then it shifts around like brown skin girl or water to like womanhood and the whole relationship value that we bring to each other it's not just a, a parasitic like one leads off the other it's both like it shifts with water where it, the storyline kind of shifts more to motherhood and the woman's role. Like, it goes to a point where, to me, to me, auditorily and visually, I got the vibe that Simba realizes his, um, his, um, purpose through Nala. And through Nala, it makes him a better person, which, you know, it kind of reminds me, like, yeah, you know, as if you watch, show, listen to social media, like, we have a contentious relationship with each other, black men and black women, but at the end of the day, we both need each other to reach our, our full potential. Um, my favorite, my favorite part of the video was brown skin girl. I like how they, she had a whole set in a debutante ball. Like I realized that like, instantaneously before they said, welcome to the debutante ball. I love the fact she also has South Asian representation who are dark skinned as well. Um, and I love the fact she puts this song, she always pushes Blue out because, look, as a culture, we gotta do better. Like, every time people see a picture of Blue, they start commenting on her looks, and that is so horrible. Like, mm-hmm. us as, you can't say you wanna uplift black women or black people, and then when every time this eight year old girl pops up, because she doesn't look exactly like her mother or what you think she looks like, you put her down. I, that, that is vehemently wrong. So. Yeah, that's my take on this whole thing, you know, as a whole, you know. Okay. I'm sorry if I went for too long. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was good. I really enjoyed uh, the um, the round two girl moment. That's actually my favorite part. I felt like that was truly inspiring, and it was um very easy to understand. You just seeing people come from different backgrounds and um, you know their significance and how they should be um, represented and loved, you know? And um, their influence on people. So, I felt like that was, like, really encouraging and I was all for that. Um, it was pretty cool seeing Kelly Rowland popped up, pop up in there, too. Um, that was pretty cool. Um uh, Cameo, I guess I saw, I thought it was kind of shocking to see Pharrell in there, because um, I wasn't expecting to see him in there, to be honest, but I think as a whole, this was um, 
I think the the thing that's kind of bothering me was definitely symbolism. So brown skin girl was the one part that I could really understand that part, and also with um, Jay Z in the mansion, where they were talking about how they were all kings. The kings don't die; they multiply, and they were talking about how to um, grow influence. So, um, my thing is, I I like how you're putting yourself out there and you're using your platform, but I don't want it to be so avant-garde that you don't understand what's going on and you lose meaning in your message. So that's kind of my take. By the way, we have other things that we're going through, so don't say like... (laughs) So this is how I feel about the movie because we still have to talk about other parts of the film. But like, yeah. I, I get to say. But um, for me, I'm gonna be honest. The Bronze Skin Girl, I love that song, but I, that was probably my least favorite part of this mm. experience because, as a Bronze Skin woman, having Beyonce tell me that <laughs> my skin collection is valuable just felt weird like it just i don't know it was just like why is this light-skinned woman telling me how i i mean it's yes it's uplifting and great thank you um but it just it was like it just felt weird in my spirit like i can't even explain why it just was like also like why i don't know i just i feel like if normandy or if kelly Rowland herself or someone someone who look like us, basically, is what I'm trying to say, with saying mm-hmm. the exact message, I feel like it would feel better for me. Because I'm like, okay, yeah, I can identify with you because we are the same, kind of. But Do you do you feel that way about the whole project in general? Because there were some people rumbling on Twitter about how this whole thing is colorism because Beyonce is the lead. Mm-hmm. But then you got to realize beyond these are also Beyonce's songs, so you can't, you know, what That's, is it's, uh, yeah, okay. I'm glad I'm not the only person who's feeling a little. T- I'm not saying it's colorism because that's not what I'm gonna, I'm not gonna identify it as that. What I'm saying is that it's, it's a little disconcerting that this rich, white skinned woman is telling us as all as black people to embrace our you know to embrace how you know how we look and that we're valuable and even though you know all black people go through their own experiences with racism and stuff like that like uh, let's just say that she's not she's probably not feeling the same she's probably not dealing with the same stuff that people who are darker skin complexion are dealing with and that's just facts like light-skinned people and dark-skinned people do not get treated differently the same even if we're under the same race so it was beautiful to see Naomi up there and to see Lupita up there like I loved that it was just I don't know it just something about that feels weird because it's like you're not it just doesn't feel like you're sharing the struggle for real for real even though she is she does get whatever she gets because she's black and she's a woman so she's going to get some type of black always but it's not the same I don't know it's just not the same thing like I feel like I couldn't I couldn't get with her on that part, even though yes, it is her film and it is her music and she did an amazing job. It's just that element of it that really I don't know, it just took me out of it a bit. 
I'm, I I feel different because to me visually I got a different vibe from it because the fact that it's set in like a debutante's ball and like for the longest time the social connotation of a debutante's ball is usually white, rich, upper class kind of vibe and it's always like debutante balls are like the opening of the season where women announce their availability like you saw in Little Women like the ball and like historically and socially like black people as a whole have been disconnected to those symbols like she shows the video of reality or richness or status whereas the black woman's like beauty and sexual worth is not as uplifted as the white woman's in a way like that's what i got with that scene in general yeah i I honestly i would rather her not have been in that and had just Mm -hmm. be in it you know, actual okay. bronze. I would have preferred that than having her pop up in the video and then have them surrounding her. You know what I mean? It just felt, it just felt weird. Like it just did not sit right with me at okay. all. You know what I'm saying? It, okay. It's just like, why are you, this isn't your story to tell. I guess that's what I'm, I guess that's what I'm getting at. Not the entire mm. of, the, of the, of the music, of the uh, movie, but just that just part. That sequence. Yeah, okay. That sequence. Um, but other than that, though, the visuals were amazing. The, the wardrobe was beautiful. I, I mean, I don't know who did the costumes, who did the hair. It was honestly gorgeous. Like, they really killed it, whoever did that. Because the color, what it represented, how things were filmed. Like, that little stuff in the, the um, I don't want to pronounce it wrong. Is it the Shanty? The Shanty Studies? What is it called to them? For what? Like, the, the urban areas of the town. I think it's called Shanty. Shanty, yeah, the Shanty cities, yeah. Well, she did, she did, like, like the one thing I do like about this, this movie or whatever is she purposely, um, which we've had a discussion for Hollywood having issue of finding black talent and black creatives. Like, mm-hmm. Beyonce, this whole movie, hair, makeup, wardrobe, from top to bottom directors all black people and that goes to prove if you really want that talent there that talent is available yeah you know so there are no excuses that's basically what you're saying yeah and i agree so moving on to the music let's just focus on that because it's it's a music call it's not like a i mean there's there is narration, a, but like most of it is. A, um, what do we think about the music? <laughs> Look, Beyonce, Beyonce's music is not really, you know, is I'm I'm not the target audience for it, so <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. It's, I'm not target audience. I'm, it's not. It's not. You know, there are very few Beyonce songs that you know make me jump out you know like it's not my, i'm not a target audience but i do but seeing visual stuff like this makes me more of a beyonce fan in a way because mm-hmm. then i get to enjoy the music as well like mood forever with her and jay-z i felt like that was an inverted flip of um ape shit because okay. in the ape shit video there there in the ape shit video is her and jay-z and they're in the louvre surrounded by largely um european and Caucasian-centric artworks, which 
in those times black people's skin were not deemed beautiful but in mood forever in this sequence it's this almost the same video but flipped with a more afrocentric you know um art and stuff like that so yeah i don't know beyonce keep doing these visual albums you know i'll i'll listen to i'll watch them i'll enjoy them because you know that's how i absorb your content you know so <laughs> mm-hmm. okay. To me, it was a pretty solid album. I, I, if I were to be honest, and I were to get this album, I'd probably skip like one or two songs. But um, Beyonce as a whole, I wouldn't. I'm not the her fan. Like I wouldn't consider myself like a, a fan. I just appreciate her music, and um, when her stuff sounds good, it sounds good. And her stuff. I'm not gonna lie, it sounds good. Mm-hmm. But it's not, she's not really an artist that I listen to very often. Um, so my sister does, but I don't. So I thought it was pretty good. Um, there was a, she had a collaboration with um, uh, Kendrick Lamar, and it was like so short. Mm-hmm. I felt like it, they just gave me a taste of it, man. Yeah. I'm like, man, why couldn't they just stretch this out? So, stretch it out a little bit longer. Um, that stood out to me. There's towards the end, there are some songs that kind of sounded like um, a little bit of a touch of Michael Jackson in it to me. Just the, the vibe he was going with, um, maybe closer towards uh, the end of Bad. Almost. Hmm. I mean, that's just my interpretation. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> I don't know if you had anything else to say. Um, here's the thing. Like, <laughs> when I was growing up, I was a huge Beyonce fan. Humongous. Um, as the years have gone on, though, this transition that she's made from like a primarily R&B singer to doing more hip hop or something, or her interpretation of hip hop. I have not been a fan of that. So, like, her, like, rapping and whatever, it's just so weird to me. Like, I can't, I don't know why, I just can't take it seriously. And I, I, I don't know. But the music was good. I especially like um, the music that other people were bringing to the project. So it wasn't, like, primarily her. It was, like, her maybe a little bit and then featured with other people. Um, there, was some, there was a female rapper. I don't know what her name is. She kills it. Um, there were like two of them at one point of this movie, but what I what I think Beyonce is best at is doing her ballad. So when she does Spirit, like a song like that, that stuff really hits home because that really shows off her vocals, which is have, have always been her strength. I feel like if she was just like a pretty girl who could dance wouldn't have been in the business as long as she has been it's because her vocals are so strong that we connect with her in the music so like that's what I wanted to hear a little bit more of there was something in the beginning where she's just like echoes of her doing like little riffs and runs and they were and that was so beautiful and I kind of wish that that was more there was more of that in this album I mean I was listening to Black Parade I've been listening to the beginning of that song like a whole bunch this week because it's a 
dope track, but I just feel like eh. I'm just not I'm not on the way that she's on right now, but I, I still appreciate her music and her vocals when she decides to do what kind of, you know, vintage Beyonce as I like to say. That's where that's where she gets me. But the music overall was fine. And the story of it. So I guess maybe taking the music out for a little bit and just looking at it as if it was an actual film. Mm-hmm. How, you know, how the story advances, what we're learning from it, blah, blah, blah. I mean, it's not it's not really much to take away from the story. I mean, because it is the Lion King, you know, in a way, beat for beat in a way, except for the near the ending. Um, funny enough, watching this, I was reminded of how much, you know, Black Panther took from Lion King, but... You know, but yeah, I think even without the music, I do think you still a coherent storyline that people are able to follow along with without much difficulty if you actually pay attention. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I, I, I tried to glean the lessons that were shown from each scene, like what she was trying to tell me. It was pretty obvious. Like it wasn't that difficult to get. Um, I I think my favorite thing is when the guy is like hanging out with his friends and they go into that little car joint and they're like riding around the streets of wherever they're at. I thought that was fun. I don't know it because it looked like, like a rap video and I really appreciated that kind of like vibe. Like weekends, heartless. So like he's just riding around the city. Like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It was just, I thought that was cool. Because there were urban elements that were infused with the African kind of tribal vibe that we were getting, and I really like the mesh of those two things. But yeah, it was a Lion King, but it wasn't. I guess it wasn't like <laughs> that much story to get from it, but whatever. Um, what was I gonna say? What am I think? What am I trying to think of? Yeah, I mean, the only the only downside I hate I don't. It's not a thing with the story. It's a thing with people's perception. Mm-hmm. I guess I guess I'd we're at the point now where we're just giving our personal reviews on it. Um yeah. like I enjoyed it. My only thing is people's personal perception of it is we tend to discredit or disrespect things that we don't fully understand. And the thing with I see from a lot of um especially us like in the diaspora, especially those of us who are not connected to Africa in a way, who kind of live in the States, or even some people who don't get the experience being from the Caribbean. Like in large, some parts of the Caribbean, voodoo and some elements of African spiritualism are still practiced, you know. But as far as us here, for the most part, unless you're from like a, um, a Creole background, you're not going to embrace those sides of, your, of our history or culture. And I feel like once, you know, all this African and African iconography comes up, you know, Beyonce's in like, uh, uh, one of the headdress she was wearing is an homage to African goddess and stuff like that. People instantaneously go like, oh, it's demonic and stuff like that. I think as a culture, when I say culture, as black people, we have to do better with even though we're not connected to the mainland, that's still our history. Like, mm-hmm. as much as you don't want to credit it and, you know, be a speckle of it, you have to understand, like, deep down, 
at the core of your bones, that is that is a part of you, no matter what. Like you can't just go on this, you know, uh, Eurocentric spiel about how it's demonic and evil, and failing to understand that it's still a part of your culture, no matter what. That's what I want us to get better and understand out of this as well. Yeah. Jermaine, any thoughts? Any last final thoughts? God. I think I'm good on this one. Okay. He's trying to avoid the wrath of the beehive, man. <laughs> um, I didn't even know people were saying that. That's interesting. All I heard yeah. was that she was culturally appropriating, and I was like, nah, that's not true. I don't don't think what Beyonce did it counts under the realm of cultural appropriation like you know we've seen Drake work with so many same African artists and they're in like a feature you know whereas Mm -hmm. Beyonce they're in a large majority of the choreography working working on this project and in a lot of the songs like Drake is like hey hey guy you do uh, dance hall music I like dance hall just give me a quick verse on this song real quick and I'll just swagger jack everything else. Whereas I didn't see that or get that vibe from this with Beyonce at all. So Yeah, me yeah. either. Awesome. I agree with you, Dale. I think that was more of um just a showcase of what Africa had to offer. You know what I'm saying? It's um just because it's a culture that people just try and put down all the time. I feel like she's just trying to bring the beauty out of it, which it is beautiful. You just gotta accept it and not listen to all the haters. Yep. Um, <laughs> yeah, I also I feel like it's your culture. Even if you're not directly from the motherland, that stuff is still in you. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're we're all from Africa, so how is it culturally appropriating? Even if it's a part of your own, like, and that doesn't make any sense to me. But, um. And like I, and like Beyonce has always done, even if she does take something from another person's culture, she always highlights those people. So I don't. I feel like appropriation is just doing it without recognizing the source. That's what appropriation means to me, and I think that might actually be the definition of it. And she doesn't do that. So, and the other thing about about people thinking that joint is demonic that never even crossed my mind, mainly because. I don't know. I just, I took African studies. So like maybe, <laughs> I don't know, maybe I like, you just know more. Like, even if it's something different, that doesn't mean it's wrong. You don't have to practice it, but that's a part of someone else's life. Like you can't be, can't be mad at it, you know? So hmm. I, 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 I never even thought about that, but I feel like what, I feel like what this project was for was to highlight the fact that, People keep thinking that Africa is just like this third world country that like nothing is going on. People are like children are running around with no food and there's just animals everywhere. And they don't realize that there's not like there's actual people, there are very wealthy people, there are middle class people, there are people who are poor, there is beautiful spaces and you know, it's like it's 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 showing the world that Africa is so much more than what we think it is and that we need to do our research and understand our history. And not just us as much but everyone. Everyone who has the planet. And I think she accomplished that for doing what she did. So, 
So now that we've said our opinions on this on this uh, project, let's get Beyonce's opinion on her own work for us. I worked with a diverse group of very gifted directors and actors and creatives from all over the world to reimagine the story of The Lion King. The narrative unfolds through music videos, fashion, dance, beautiful natural settings, and raw new talent. But it all started in my backyard. So from my house to Johannesburg, to Ghana, to London, to Belgium, to the Grand Canyon, it was truly a journey to bring this film to life. And my hope for this film is that it shifts the global perception of the word Black, which has always meant inspiration and love and strength and beauty to me. But Black as King means Black is regal and rich in history, in purpose, and in lineage. I hope y'all love it. Well, we're going to rate it. You can go, I don't know. Uh, rate, rate this movie? Uh, what am I rating it as? Am I rating it as a musical? Am I rating it as like a, a visual album? That's the thing. It's definitely a visual album. That's what, that's yeah. what it is. You rate albums? I rate albums, yeah. I really yeah, do. Apply that same principle. Um, okay. Well, it's a so, visual album. You know, it's kind of like uh, when you think of uh, back in the day when Michael Jackson would come out with them videos. Okay. Yeah. I'll probably, you know, I'll give this a 10 out of 10. Not more so, and I'm not giving it a 10 out of 10 because it's Beyonce's music. I'm giving it a 10 out of 10 because of the, all the, um, the whole thing of it, you know, the cinematography, the colors, the wardrobe design, the, you know, the attention to detail with the set design and how they all flow and interact with each other. So I'll, I'm giving it personally, artistically wise, I'm giving it a 10 out of 10. No, no matter no matter what so yeah Dale I'll have to agree with you man um, I don't feel like they missed a beat when it comes to the visuals as far as um, the cohesion of every song flowing into each other and the um, transitions to each um, song and, and um, new idea was just uh, flawless to me and just the artistry of everything, and plus uh, the cast and everybody in it, they just made this a really good work of art. So I give it a 10 out of 10 for artistic um, integrity. Okay, I'm gonna give this like an 8.7 out of 10. Um, because visually, it, it, it was stunning. It was beautiful. Um, mm -hmm. And everything looked great. And everyone put a lot of work into it, you can tell. Um, and they cared about the project, so it looked awesome. But as an album, as a music, as, as a musical album, um, I'm going to have to say I, them songs weren't hitting the way that I, I needed them to. So it's not 
combining the two, maybe if I score them like separately, but when scoring them together, we're gonna put it at an eight point seven out of ten. Yeah. I thought it was funny that like she's the director of the film. But there's also like ten other directors and like a mad other people, and I was just like, wait, what? That make sense. Or does it? I don't know. Is that how that works? I mean, yeah, that's what like like if you Hamilton, Lin Manuel Miranda. He kind of wrote almost everything, but he couldn't direct a play, so somebody else. I don't know. You can't really gauge this on the same scale because there's so many different things. Like, I can't gauge it on a movie being about Lion King because, you know, it's not really a movie about Lion King and it's not really a musical per se. So it's kind of the rating for it's kind of hard. Like, I don't really need to know the Lion King to follow this story if I'm just going based on the visuals that I'm given. So, yeah. So, kind of grading this is kind of a weird thing. So, I I guess it's kind of a personal preference on how you want to go about it, in a way. All right. Let me me ask you something. Let me ask you something. And um, I am totally okay if you you guys agree. But I want to change my rating. (laughs) <laughs> okay. You go ahead. I'm giving, I want to give it a nine out of ten because um, there's some symbolism that I didn't understand, and even though I read about it, I still couldn't understand it. So I feel like that should deduct a point out of it. <laughs> the amount of the amount of work you have to to understand it. <laughs> that is no that no that yeah. is a fair a fair a fair point, you know. I guess. I mean, I don't think you should be spoon fed everything all the time, but I, there should be a certain a quid pro quo fifty fifty balance of it. So yeah. All right, madame. Quid pro quo, where did that come from? All right. Um, so moving on, the Emmys nominations have rolled out, and it's time for us to cast our picks. That's it's that time of the year. Here we go. We're about to get right into it. Let's jump into this joint. Um, and we're only focusing on best drama, best comedy, best limited series, and the leading and supporting actors and actresses in all those categories. Okay. Who's going first? We're going to go by category. Oh, jeez, man. Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I have to pick up my notes. Um, okay, <laughs> so, drama. so... Yes, drama? Drama. Alright, we have Better Call Saul, The Crown, The Handmaid's oh. Tale, Killing Eve, Mandalorian, Ozark, Stranger Things, or Secession. Mm. Me personally, I'm gonna go killing Eve. That's just me, but I have a feeling that it's probably gonna go to the crown. Oh. Yeah. So, but my personal pick is killing Eve. So, I'm I'm sticking with that for best drama. Okay. I'm just going to pick something that I know is not going to win. I want Better Call Saul to win because I just love that show. Cool. Um, my pick is Succession. haven't watched a single episode of that show, but from what I'm hearing, it seems like everyone's 
fucking awesome. And they got like this and like and Better Call Saul got a bunch of nominations. So I'm just gonna assume that one of these two guys are gonna win. But my pick is exception, so boom. Um you have to not make it up on your screen. Who? You. I have yeah, I'm on my screen. <laughs> okay, so the next category would be best limited series. We have Little Fires Everywhere, Miss America, Unbelievable, Unorthodox, and Watchmen. Okay. Um, me, I'm probably gonna give it to. Little Fires everywhere because it was kind of a breakout hit in a way. Watchmen is kind of up there, but knowing the knowing that it's also kind of pulling from a franchise that already exists, the interest is already always there because we're still in the whole superhero film universe feeling people still have. Um, but yeah, I, it might be Little Little Fires everywhere for me. Well. The most buzz that I've heard was actually from Little Fires Everywhere. Um, I've heard, seen traces of unorthodox and maybe a little bit of unbelievable. And of course, um, Watchmen's been advertising like crazy. So, um, just because I hear more of a buzz from Little Fires Everywhere, I knew it was pretty popular. I'm probably going to go with that one, limited series. I am gonna say Mrs. America. Uh, well, I watched that show, so I know. I watched that show and I watched Unbelievable and Little Fires Everywhere. So I guess I have a little bit more knowledge of what's going on in this category, but Little Fires Everywhere was not good. <laughs> like, I mean, like, I just, that joint was not good. That joint did not hit the way it needed to hit. I feel like Mrs. America, the performances were unreal like everyone came with their a-game on that show so i'm a and it might not win but i mean just from just watching the performances and the costume design and the storytelling like the writing itself like that joint was lit so yeah okay i'm at best comedy fine um curb your enthusiasm dead to me the good place insecure the Comsky Method, The Marvelous Miss Maisel, Shit's Creek, What We Do in the Shadows. Me? I'm going with The Good Place. Mm-hmm. I'm going with The Good Place. Bar, bar none, that's, that was much. That was a comedy for me for the last year, so. Yeah. I'm going with Shit's Creek. They still got a good buzz going on. And um, I know it's a pretty popular series. So I'm going with Shit's Creek. I'm going with you, Dale, on The Good Place. Uh, everyone's talking about it. And I, so I'm assuming it's good. Okay. in drama series. You have Jason Bateman from Ozark, Jalen K. Brown from The Possessed, Steve Carell, The Morning Show, Brian Cox, The Session, Billy Porter, Pose, Jeremy Strong, The Session. Mm. I don't know. Me personally, I feel like either Jeremy Strong or Brian Cox might get it for succession. Um, I'm gonna I'm call a spade a spade. I don't think uh, Billy Porter's 
acting in Pose is the best out of everybody in that cast. And I feel like everybody's a bit kind of over Sterling Creed Brown crying all the time on This Is Us. <laughs> so, yeah, either Brian Cox or Jeremy Strong for session for me with that award. Jermaine? I'm looking up the list. Okay, I'll go. I think that I'm, I'm giving it either Jeremy Strong or Jonathan Brown. I don't know why. I kind of feel like I'll tell you the reason behind some of these picks that I have. I feel like in the wake of the Black Lives Matter joint, I feel like they're trying to probably go out of their way to like I don't know if they will, but that's just what's going on in my head at the moment. So you, you got it, Jermaine? So I have not seen Secession, right? Um But I've seen the other actors in their work. Well um I really want to say Jason Bateman, but at the same time uh, his performance was probably pretty flat. So I think I might go with Brian Cox, to be honest. Because Jason, Jason Bateman in Ozark was... Um, he, he does a really good job, but at the same time, his character, as far as his emotions, are not very dynamic. He's either okay and calm or just hysterically scared, so... Or angry. Okay, uh, should I move on or did you pull up the yeah. list? Okay. All right, so for mm-hmm. Act in a Drama Series, we have Jennifer Aniston for The Morning Show, Olivia Coleman for The Crown, Jody Comer for Killing Eve, Laura Linney for Ozark, Sandra O oh for Killing Eve, and my girl Zendaya for Euphoria. Woo! Who else is high? Um, nomination. India. This is a weird one. Um, I don't think they're gonna give it to Sandra. Yeah, she won it last year. Yeah. Um, I don't think my personal pick is Zendaya. But you know how these things go. They might not give it to her. They might decide to give it to Jennifer Aniston because, oh, she's doing serious acting. She's not in a comedy kind of thing. So, yeah, my pick is Zendaya. But I feel like they're going to give it to Jennifer just because she decided to do, tried to actually act for the first time in her career. So, yeah. That's good. That's a good point. So. I'm... I'm calling it. I'm, I want Laura Linney when she was very dynamic. Um, Ozark was one of the shows that I did watch. So I really want her to get something for this. She really did put in a lot of good work on this. So I'm going for Laura Linney. Um, I'm going for Jennifer Aniston just because she won the SAG award earlier this year. That's the only reason why. And I feel like they like to keep those patterns for things. If I could have chosen, it would have been like if I if I was the deciding vote, it would be for Zendaya. Um, not because Euphoria is exceptionally great, but I also if I just think that 
that girl poured everything that she had into that role. So she's 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 a good actress. She's 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 working hard for it. So I would give it to her, but they're probably not gonna do that. So but they might do something crazy and give it to Olivia Coleman again. Hopefully that doesn't happen. But Okay. Wait, Need hold that. on. So you're, you're wait, wait, wait. So you're, you're actually pulling for Jennifer Aniston for that category? I'm I'm not pulling for her. I'm just choosing her because of the pattern that had already been set, the precedent. If okay. I had, like I said, like if I had my choice, I would give it to Zendaya. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Hope that clarified it for everyone else. <laughs> um, the leader actor in a comedy series. Anthony Anderson in Blackish, Don Cheadle in Black Monday, Ted Danson in The Good Place, Michael Douglas in The Kaminsky Method, Eugene Levy in Schitt's Creek, and Rami Youssef in Rami. Yo, why do we keep having to put somebody from Blackish in this category? Whatever. Um, as long as that show runs, someone nominated from that show. <laughs> it's the one Black show, like, oh, somebody has to be nominated for it. Um, I. I, I haven't seen um, Black Monday with Don Cheadle. Don Cheadle. I have seen um, Rami. Mm-hmm. So for me, I'm gonna. I. It is a good show as well, and I feel like we're still in the midst of that whole cultural diversity thing. Um, I think Michael Douglas won it last year, didn't he? Michael Douglas won it last year. He won it some um, year. For for the same show, I don't know. So I feel like uh, Rami might guess get it. I want him to get it. Um, but yeah, that's that's me. Going with Shit's Creek, Creek again. I'm gonna stay consistent. Um, I'm going with Rami Yusuf as well. I have heard amazing things about the show, and I did think he actually won something from that show within this last year. So that both well him. I'm not sure what it was, but I think he did win something. So yep. Okay. Lead actress in the comedy, you have Christina Applegate and Dead to Me, Rachel Brosnahan, I guess, and the and the marvelous Mrs. Mazel, Linda Carnellini and Dead to Me, Catherine O'Hara and Shits Creek, Issa Rae and Insecure and Tracy Ellis Ross and Blackish. So he wants to get in the blackish category. Um, hmm. This one's a tough one. Um, I think it might go to Rachel Brosnahan for Marvel Smith Maisel or Linda Car- Carlini because I feel like in like the whole rest of the country might know about blackish. But it seems like black people only really know about insecure. If you get what I'm saying, um, yeah, I feel like it's either going to be Linda Cardellini or Rachel Brosnan. So, yeah, yeah. I'm not going with Shit's Creek again. I'm going with Issa Rae. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to Sarah as well. I think it's her year. I don't know. There's something about the nomination and something about the conversations that were had around the season four of Insecure. I think that this might be her year. And like she said, I'm rooting for everyone black. 
So that's how I feel about that. Okay. Moving on to the lead actor in a limited series or movie. We have Jeremy Irons, Watchmen, Hugh Jackman in Bad Education, Paul Mescal in Normal People, Jeremy Pope in Hollywood, and Mark Ruffalo. I know this much is true. I would say for once, um, I did not expect Jeremy Pope to be up there for Hollywood. For Hollywood, he's the boss. To be right? honest, yeah, I I did not see that coming. Um, I think it might go to Hugh Jackman for Bad Education. Um, everybody loves Hugh Jackman, and also this movie was a bit of a comedy which you kind of only see Hugh do either action or theatrical, like, theater kind of films or projects. So, yeah, that's what I'm going with. I choose to abstain. I have not seen any of these works. <laughs> <laughs> that's perfectly fine. Oh, come on, phone, really? I'm going with Paul Mescal of Normal People. Everyone's talking about Normal People. Um, I see him and the girl who plays his girlfriend in the show. Uh, that's all I'm all I'm hearing and all I'm seeing is everyone talking about Normal People. So I'm just going to go ahead and say, yeah, <laughs> you'll probably end up getting it because people have not talked I don't know if that's a determining factor in who's going to win, but it just seems like a determining factor in how to, sh- like, Past my ballot, you know what I'm saying? Like, if I'm gonna choose someone, I'll just choose someone that people are talking about. That makes sense. Um, okay, lead actress in limited series or movie, a case Blanchett in Miss America, you know what, and Unorthodox, Regina King in a Watchman, Octavia Spencer in Self Move, and Carrie Washington in Little Fires Everywhere. Oh. Category. Look, I feel like this is the one category someone is black is the one we we're all gonna write. Um me personally, I feel like Regina King. Like Regina's been on a roll. This has been her her the last three years have just been all about Regina King. Hard okay. So yeah, I'm giving it to Regina King with Watchmen, so I will say this though, Octavia's hair and her headshot though is laid, like super laid. <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. Shout out to um black hair. Gotta love it. Uh I'm going with uh Kerry Washington, little fires everywhere. I feel like they're going to um pick this because of the popularity um of the series. Um, I, uh, I wish I could be scary, but I can't. That performance was not her best. It really wasn't. It wasn't her best. It wasn't Reese Witherspoon's best. I just wanted so much more from them, and they just, like... Anyways, I'm giving it to Kate Blanchett from America. I, she... Because she plays a conservative woman, and to be able to do that in this climate, girl, I don't know. That was a lot. <laughs> That's a lot. Do and to play convincingly and with humanity, like I got it, I got it, I got to throw it her way. Like, even though I would love a black person to win, you know, I'm still supporting Regina. 
but I just I'm, I also have not seen Watchmen. I I, I I have seen Miss America, so I don't know. Um. Okay. Supporting actor in a drama series, Juan Carlo. Es- mm-hmm. Es- Espinito. Espinito. Okay. Sure. I got the Juan Carlo part right. Okay, there we go. Better call Saul. <laughs> Bradley Whitford in The Handmaid's Tale. Billy Crudup in The Morning Show. Marcy Platt in The Morning Show. Nicholas Swan in Succession. Kieran Culkin in Succession. Matthew McFadden in Succession. And Jeffrey Wright in Westworld. What the heck? They showed everyone in the Succession in this category. That show must be really good. I'm gonna put it out there. I think secession, somebody from Secession's probably gonna win this category. But yeah, my vote would be for Giancarlo Esposito. This man's been working. I love his face and how he emotes and everything. And um, he did excellent in Better Call Saul. And shout out because he was there in um, uh, The Mandalorian as well. So. He's my pick. Me personally, I want to go with Jeffrey Wright for Westworld because I feel like his character in the show is kind of also a lead character as well. So it feels odd for me that they pushed him into this supporting actor role or or you know grouping. So yeah. I'm giving it to Karen Culkin just because she's Macaulay Culkin's mother. I, like, I have no other reason other than that. <laughs> <laughs> and I heard he did. Okay. Well, supporting actress in a drama series, Laura Dern from Big Little Lies, Meryl Streep from Big Little Lies, Helena Obama Carter. Obama. <laughs> I always say that. Carter. DC, uh, for The Crown, um, Samira Wiley for the, Hel- the Handmaid's Tale, Fiona Shaw for Killing Eve, Julia Gardner for Ozark, Shara Snook for Succession, and Sandy, Sandy Newton for Westworld. Why is this so much to be little in that end? Like, yeah, but you know the nom- how the nominations work. It's not exactly when it ends. It's when it's it's weird. I don't know how to describe it. Mm. I don't know. Um, this topic I'm probably gonna abstain from because I I don't want to say Thanny Newton just because I think Westworld Westworld's only Westworld and Killing Eve are only only two shows in this category I really watch. So my basis for picking one isn't really that strong, to be honest. So okay. I'm probably gonna abstain. Cool. That was supposed to be my move, Dale. Um Yeah, whatever. I'm going with Ozark. Run that. Okay. I'm going with Sarah's second confession just because I feel like confession is just going to take over the entire award ceremony. So whoever's in that show is probably going to win some. All right. Supporting actor in a comedy series. Oh, uh, hard. Okay. Andre Broder from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. William Jackson Harper from The Good Place. 
Alan Arkin, the Kaminsky method. Carolyn K. Brown, the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. What? <laughs> when was he in that show? Okay, um, Tony Shalhoub, the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Mahershala Ali, and Rami, Keenan Thompson, Saturday Night Live, and Dan Lee, Blue Shit Creek. Um, <laughs> when, did, when did Saturday Night Live become a comedy show? It's like, a variety. The I feel like they... Like, what? Wait. This don't make no sense, it's, y'all. Here's the thing. I don't think variety doesn't have any categories for actors. And I feel oh, like, God. hey, we're gonna we're gonna diversify this category up and just shove Keenan Thompson in here. Which... This is the one category. It's the one category with most majority black people, which is hilarious. Um, Andre Brower is over here instead of you know Terry Crews. With Terry Crews is cooning. Wow. Um, so much. I will pers- <laughs> I will personally. I'm gonna give it to Marshall Ali. His um him coming up in Rami was honestly a, a scene stealer, to be honest. And you watch it. So, yeah. That's it for me. I'm sorry, I just pulled it up on my computer. Jermaine is taking <laughs> precious time rolling these joints out. Like, the, the old so, list I was using it's, just it's didn't have really this category. Whatever you feel, you say it. Like. <laughs> so, what do you, so, what do you think? They're all waiting for Jermaine to think about his picks. I put um, William Jackson Harper from The Good Place just because I had The Good Place True, cheaty. You're right. So yeah, you're right. I'm probably gonna give it uh, William Jackson Harper or Michelle Ali. Yeah, I'm gonna go with you on that one. <laughs> Mahershala. Mahershala. I'm going with William Jackson Park Harper as well for the Good Place because um, just because. Okay. I agree with you guys. I trust you guys. <laughs> All right, so the supporting actresses in comedy is Betty Glippen in Glow, Darcy Carden in The Good Place, Yvonne... How do you you pronounce her last name? Borgie? Okay. Alex Bornstein, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Marin Hinkle? Hinkle? Oh, my God. The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Hinkle. Kate McKinnon from Saturday Night Live, Cecily Strong from Saturday Night Live, and Annie Murphy from Schitt's Creek. Um, I'm giving it to my girl Yvonne. Mm, I'm giving it to um, Darcy Carden for the, the Good Place. Um, her character, Janet, has sometimes has to imitate all the other. Like, the one standout episode of her in the Good Place is she has to imitate all the other actors on the show and play their characters and she does that like flawlessly with every actor's little tick in the character so yeah I'm giving it for her for comedy series so I'm going with Kate McKinnon for Saturday Night Live I feel like they gotta pull the upset somewhere she is a star though she deserves something actually she does have it she already has one so that's fine um okay where are we okay Supporting actor in a limited series, Dylan McDermott from Hollywood, Jim Parsons from Hollywood, Titus Burgess from Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, Yaha, Yaha, Abdul, Mateen, the second, from Watchmen, Yo, oh goodness, Johan, Johan, 
Adipo from Watchmen and Lewis Gossett Jr. from Watchmen. Anything complicated? Like, can they be any more complicated? They're they're not complicated. I think it's just you. Are you kidding me? Pronounce pronounce both of them names. Pronounce the pronounce the guy. Louis Casa Junior. No, 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 not that one. The one, the two before that one. And tell Yaha me. Abdul, Yaha Abdul Madin. What E are you pronouncing in there? It's a T. Yaha Abdul Matin. Pronounce the second one. <laughs> Johan oh, exactly. Aldipo. <laughs> Johan Aldipo. How do you know it's Johan, Johan, Jovan? How do you know? That's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, you're just struggling. I'm just gonna run with it. Like, I'm not trying to be big dog. I'm gonna just do what exactly. I do. You, you, you struggling with it. I'm trying to hey. pronounce this correctly. Okay. If you mispronounce it real fast and just go with it, you no, try to do with confidence. Just say it with confidence. Right. Just don't say it with confidence. Don't even know how to read. We actually, we actually just, try. Just do it with confidence. Look, I can read. I just don't do numbers. So hey, um, <laughs> me personally in this category, you know, just because the way this head, this man's headshot reminds me of me, I'm going with Titus because you know it's like it's like looking at my reflection and like damn, I saw it and I thought that was me. I was like damn, I look good. Um. But hey, um, I really don't know who I'm going with in this category. To be honest, if I'm being honest, um, they put all the black guys from Watchmen in here and say, "Hey, do your thing." Oh man, these people, these categories. Yeah, I honestly, I don't have a pick for this category. To be honest, I'll probably give it to you know, Yaha. Dr. Manhattan, <laughs> Mr. Abdul, Mr. Abdul Martin, you know, on, he be dressing. Flow from the mouth, man. You gotta make it flow. Because he be dressing. Something good to him. He be, he be dressing. And if he wins, he's probably gonna show up in the, you know, the large team with a full suit and tie and whole tux. So I'm gonna give it to him. Okay. It would be unfair for me to choose anybody from this category since I have not seen any of these shows. Okay. I'm going to give it to Yaha as well. All right. Is that, that, is that oh, it? God. No, we got one more to go. <laughs> no, one more to go. Supporting right. actress. Colin Taylor, Hollywood. Help me. Uzo? Uzo? Uzo Aduba. Mrs. America, Margot Martindale, Mrs. America, Tracy Ullman, Mrs. America, Tony Collette, Unbelievable, Jane Smart, Watchmen. Yo, why did they pick this old ass picture for Tony Collette though? <laughs> You're dying. I'm going. I'm so conflicted on this one because I one I feel like Rose Byrne missed her shot and being in this category she did an awesome job portraying um gloria steinem mm. but that's okay i think I, i'm tied between uzo and margot martindale because they were both so amazing in this and the other woman tracy but margot martindale is a gem like whenever she shows up in anything she's dope so like i'm giving it to her i don't know it's her or it's uzo i'm not sure okay. i'm i'm personally gonna abstain because 
I've only seen. Oh, I haven't finished Hollywood, and I only the odd product. Only the show I see on this is Watchmen. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna tap out with this one. <clears throat> so I see Miss America is stacked up in here. I haven't seen any of these shows, but I abstain from the last one. So I'm going with Miss America Uzo Aduba because I um, am supporting my crew member, Cindy, and she has sound choice. I don't know if it makes sense for us to really? list really? if we don't watch the shows. Like, everyone's just like, uh, I don't know, I'm seeing it. Like, no, I'm, I don't being, I don't wanna, I'm being honest. At least it's not like I'm going to... I'd rather do that than say, hey, this person, and I have no idea what my base is for it, you know? Okay. That's exactly where I'm coming from. I feel like I can't make a sound judgment if I haven't seen their work. Yeah. All right. Um, I will just say that I think the biggest snub of this whole nomination was that Mr. Robot didn't get nominated for anything. Um, That was fake. (laughs) Whoever making these decisions are fake because that was a beautiful season. Excellent TV television. And Rami Malek deserves something. And I'm done with my rant. Okay. <laughs> All right. Moving on, Dale. Oh Jesus. I mean, it's been a it's been a slightly slow news week, other than, you know, uh what is it? Uh Netflix buying the whole nineties black catalog. And putting up Moesha and all that stuff. Moesha. I think Girlfriend Girlfriends is involved in it as well as uh, Sister Sister, Half and Half, and The Game. Uh, I grew up on those shows, man. What? Probably not I probably not What about one on one? They got one on one in there. They have one on one as well. Oh, boy! That was so smart. They're smart. They are smart. Um. So yeah, that's that. And the only other bigger news that's come out so far is you know, The Rock pulled off the dream that everybody has, you know, with their boss. The Rock recently purchased or partnered with um, Red, Redbird Capital to buy the XFL for $15 million today. Um, so The Rock did it. The Rock, you know, bought his company, which is everybody's dream, is to leave a job and then come back and, you know, buy your boss's business. I hope to that one day. Um, and make, and then, you know, just for assets. Um, but yeah, so those He's are like, only two big news. I'm the boss now. Frank Ocean died, so prayers up for him. Right. Oh, I wasn't aware of that. Prayers up for Frank Ocean. Um, well, yeah, no, I have seen that. And there are some people online who are saying, oh, this album is going to be good. Ooh, this goes no. back to the whole... No. This goes back to the whole empathy... Okay. Empathy conversation we had last week, you know. Oh, the internet is really garbage. Like that's just wild. I think everybody's just been at home so long, so you just like empathy is just trash. That's so crazy. Anyway. anyway. And the last thing also is um 
don't know if you guys have been keeping track, but you know, J. Cole signed a Puma deal and he dropped his latest commercial a couple weeks ago with uh, Master P in the background. Um, yeah. The story element to it is Master P is the only rapper to play in the NBA and that's J. Cole's current goal and apparently the Pistons um, are willing to give him a tryout. So, hey. Yeah. I didn't know that was his dream. I thought his dream was to be a rapper. Okay. Why not? If Michael Jordan is baseball, then he can do whatever. Have you seen his skills? Is he good? He played for St. John. Is that a D1 school? Yes, D1 school. Uh, okay, right. D- Who knows? St. John right. was one of like those that premier New York college for basketball for a long time. So it's been a lot of years, so he might not be yeah. in. Okay, well we'll see. That is honestly we'll that'd see. be cool. The NBA is back, we'll so hopefully everyone's okay now. So yeah, that's it. Okay, so what have we been watching? I I've been watching nothing. I've been too busy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest with you. Sad to say. I um I watched the Umbrella Academy. Oh, okay. So, Don't spoil it. Don't spoil it because that was what I wanted to watch. Okay. I'm not gonna spoil it. I'm not gonna spoil okay. it. But just an overview is about um, seven kids who are bought by an extravagant millionaire and they end up having superpowers. So, um, so um, this picks up from the first season. Their main goal is just to stop the apocalypse. And all I have to say about the second season, so I don't spoil it, is that they um, they stick to what people know. They just re uh, remix it, and it's still pretty good. Um, my only complaint was that Ellen Page's acting was flat. And a lot of her parts were kind of boring, but everybody else was phenomenal. And in the end, she got better too. So I would say give that a look. Check it out. It's pretty good. Okay. I watched James White, directed by Josh Mond, that stars Christopher Abbott, Cynthia Nixon, and Scott Meskety, otherwise known as Kid Cudi. Um... A, it's about a it's a semi-autographical debut which follows a young New Yorker struggling to take control of his reckless self-destructive behavior in the face of the monumentous challenge of helping his mother who has cancer and the only reason I watched this is because Timothy Chalamet said this is one of his favorite films so I was like alright cool I'm down with that and then it had gay cutting and I was like yeah I'm absolutely watching it and it was very good it's a very very indie movie but it's so good. Like Christopher Abbott is like a hidden gem. Whatever he's in, it's like, oh, I didn't even know that that was you in that joint. And then he just blows it away. He's so he's so talented. And Cindy Nixon was fine. Actually, she was really good. Actually, yeah, Kid Cudi was really good too. So honestly, watch it. It's very short. It's very powerful. I thought it was awesome. Now, King Cody's acting, is it good or could it use improvement? Well, this was this was in like 2015. 
So I'm gonna assume it's gotten better. Okay. He's gonna be. He's uh. If, oh. if you've watched Call Me by Your Name, the guy who directed Call Me by Your Name, Luca Guadagnino, is directing um a series on HBO called We uh, We Are Who We Are, and Kip Cuddy's in that. So we'll see Wait. what happens. You guys, neither of you guys have seen on um, How to Make It in America. I did watch. I did watch some of that. Okay. Show, yeah, but he wasn't yeah, playing cut, a cut. role though. He was playing. He was basically playing like a version. He was of playing himself. So, yeah. so it wasn't. It wasn't acting. So, yeah. But in this movie, he's acting. So like, and he did a really. I think he did a really good job. It was still kind of in the vein of who he is, but. It was different enough from How to Make It in America that, like, you can see the character in that. But I think whatever he's going to do with Luca is very different from who he is. So I'm excited to see whatever that joint is about to be. Comes out September if anyone cares to watch it. Um. Okay. That's it. I have a, I have an announcement to make, guys. Um. So apparently, I thought. <laughs> And all this promo footage that I saw for the kissing booth, kissing booth too, I thought it was the girl from um, what's that show, Gilmore Girls? But apparently it's not. It's a totally different actress. So I learned something new today. What you thought that little girl was the girl from Gilmore Girls? Look, white people all look the same after a certain point. Oh, they all actors. No. They do. They do. They do. They do. I think so. she's about 21. And hey. Alexa Bedell is so old. So I don't know where you got that from. My <laughs> I don't know. I was like, oh, it's, it's the girl from Gilmore Girls. I know she was still acting. And then I was like, oh, it's not the girl from Gilmore Girls. Okay. Um. Well, thank you for your honesty. We appreciate that. The girl. Well, speaking about the kissing booth, um, I heard it was garbage. Which I mean, obviously, it was. It wasn't going to be good. But the guy who's in that is also in Euphoria, and he and Zendaya are boyfriend and girlfriend. Which I thought is cute. So I just wanted to pop that in there, just since we're talking about it. Mm. Cool. So that's it for us today. <laughs> I'm sure you're tired of hearing our voices. I know I'm tired of hearing my own voice. So yeah. we will you guys are, you hear us next week with more fun news and stories can we do. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Au revoir. Bye. And everybody go watch the session. <laughs> I know I am. <laughs> <laughs>